Well, guess what? It's Friday, February 3rd, 2017. You are listening to yet another episode of Sit with your esteemed host, me, Charles Sharetta. We're reading from the Tao Te Ching, the Raymond Blakeney translation, and we're almost three weeks in. After today, we will be. So this is chapter 15. The excellent masters of old, subtle, mysterious, mystic acute, were much too profound for their times. Since they were not then understood, it is better to tell how they looked. Like men crossing streams in the winter, how cautious. As if all around there were danger, how watchful. As if they were guests on every occasion, how dignified. Like ice just beginning to melt, self-effacing. Like a woodblock untouched by a tool, how sincere. Like a valley awaiting a guest, how receptive. Like a torrent that rushes along, and so turbid. Who running dirty comes clean like still waters? Who being quiet moves others to fullness of life? It is he who, embracing the way, is not greedy. Who endures wear and tear without needing renewal. Well, still a little hoarse, which you may have detected. We shall sit for 10 minutes. I will guide a bit in the course of doing that. And then we'll talk about what I just read amongst other things. I hope you are ready. Take a few moments here to allow yourself to be in a position in which you're ready. Nice and upright, settling in. Let's make this the best sit ever. Letting the eyes close gently, if they're not already. Putting your attention on your breath.
Just allow yourself to embrace this moment. All of it. See if you can let go of the judgments about it. The desire to do something with it. See if you can just allow it. Now, still breathing into your belly. Notice where in your body there's tension. And without changing your breathing, bring your awareness those places where there's tension, one by one. Now, if you're on the first one, what does that place in your body need? Why is there tension? What can you bring it with your awareness?
as the thoughts come, notice them and let them pass. Stay in this moment. Breathing into the belly. Let yourself be free to be your true self. Aware of all those tension spots. just allowing them now. Well, if that wasn't the best sit ever, it was pretty damn close. We're getting there. Just a few hundred more times and, and we'll definitely be on track to be having the best sits ever, bar none. Yeah. <laughs> Humor.
counts for something. You know, I have to watch myself. Uh, sarcasm and cynicism are are dangerous. We can easily devolve into um, into a sense of fatalism when we're cynical, and sarcasm has an element of powerlessness to it as well, doesn't it? But at the same time, you know, humor lets us uh, let go of some tension. That's its value. You know, we can create these bonds with it. So it's important. It's not, uh, I mean, I think there are a lot of stand-up comedians out there that are cursing their fucking hearts out who are way more enlightened than a lot of people who are leading sanghas. Not that it's a race. I'm not trying to be the best at it. I'm not trying to have the best sit ever, honestly. Um, though I find for myself that that's something that I have to keep reminding myself of. Yesterday, I got pretty fucking frustrated about something. I had an exchange with somebody. I won't go into the details of it. It's not important. But uh, I had an, an interaction with somebody in which uh, I was a little confused at the time. I think that's often how anger starts. You get a little bit surprised, and then you get confused, and you feel like you're not quite sure what's going on, and maybe somebody takes advantage of you a little bit, and then uh, you agree to whatever that person is suggesting or wants, you say, ah, okay, I guess so. And you go away and you start to add up all the data and stats in your head and have a better understanding of the situation once you've left it. And now the anger starts. And you know, for myself, I, you know, it depends on who you are, but for myself, the real, the root of that anger and the hardest part about it is um, that it's directed toward myself. That I'm typically upset with myself because I don't like the way that I handled that situation. And you know, in the case of yesterday, uh, I agreed to something that later I felt like I didn't want to agree to. And so I was really frustrated with myself about that. So a couple comments about that. One, we've been talking about selflessness quite a bit. And to, um, to agree to things that you don't actually want is not selflessness, to be clear. If I'm inconveniencing myself with some action that I take, I'm not making the world a better place. And, I'm, and if in the course of doing that, I'm not stating my truth, no, that's, that's not fucking right. Let's, let's not do that, either you nor I. And number two, this business of getting frustrated with myself, angry at myself for not handling it well, not being present enough, that is what Buddhists call the second arrow. 
you know, the first arrow harms you and then you turn around and put a second arrow in yourself. I actually had the thought yesterday after this exchange at the point when I was getting angry and frustrated with myself. I'm not lying about this. Oh, fuck. I just have been doing so much work and this is the result. God damn it. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, I hope that I don't have to tell you why that's um, that's being a little lost. <laughs> um, so anyway, you know, how do you... Uh, I, I am offering myself up as an example. But I hope that it's of value. And, you know, because certainly it's quite clear by this point that I am not fucking perfect. And... Uh, it's, you know, it's, as I've mentioned before, it's my opinion that very frequently those people who are spiritual leaders, which is a term that I regard with some cynicism anyway, and I do not deign to call myself that, but, uh, those people who regard themselves as such, or who say, well, after my moment of awakening, then I did this, um, those fucking people have really trapped themselves. I mean, Jesus Christ. Now they don't get to have the full expression. Now when that emotion arises in them, they're probably most likely to try to stifle it. There's a good article by Pema Chodron, who I really like, uh, back from November of 2016, talking about I think it was November. Anyway, talking about anger and um, and how the two responses to anger pretty much seem to be either you stifle it or you act it out. And sitting with it is, man, that's an extraordinary challenge, which is what she encourages, which is what the value of sitting can be for us, right? We get to sit there and experience whatever's going on for us without attempting to suppress it and without being in a position to act it out, at least for those 10 minutes or 20 minutes or half an hour or however long we're sitting. So there is a lot of value in that. And, um, and as I mentioned before, sometimes there's a physiological energy that's there that for myself at least, has to be released. And and, uh, and so sometimes I do that, get in the car and scream on the freeway. Or go for a walk in nature or hit a punching bag or go take a jujitsu class or whatever it is that you do. So long as it's not destructive to others or destructive to yourself. And it's really just a release of energy. Anything that you can do to give yourself greater choice rather than allowing the anger to take possession of you and dictate your actions, is uh, that's a path worth exploring, I would suggest. Well, I think we're going to run over a little bit today.
Trump didn't release the nuclear codes or press the button himself, at least uh, not to my knowledge, not yet. But we're still going to run a little bit over. But hey, it's a Friday. So, you know, the excellent masters of old. Back to the passage here. The excellent masters of old, subtle, mysterious, mystic, acute, were much too profound for their times. Like men crossing streams in winter, how cautious. As if all around there were danger, how watchful. As if they were guests on every occasion, how dignified. Like ice just beginning to melt, self-effacing. That's not how I would describe ice, but uh, I don't know. That's all right. Like a wood block untouched by a tool, how sincere. Like a valley awaiting a guest, how receptive. Like a torrent that rushes along, so turbid. You know, it's interesting to me that uh, Lao Tzu decides that for this particular chapter, it's best to describe what they looked like. He's not describing what was in their hearts or their minds. He's describing how they appeared and I would say that there's a risk to us in, uh, in thinking about what that implies about their state of mind. Because if you think that they were trying to be dignified and trying to be self-effacing and trying to be sincere and trying to be receptive, then I would suggest that you miss the fucking point. The old masters just were that way. And maybe it took them a lifetime to get to that point. I would certainly not suggest that their environment didn't influence and shape their behavior. But if they were really masters, they weren't trying to do anything. And they were not expecting some reward for it. Very last verse there by Blakeney is... Uh, not as clear as I would like. I'm actually going to go back to the Stephen Mitchell Tao Te Ching, and, and hopefully he's not going to sue us for that, because I hear he's kind of an asshole. Um, but I do really love his version of the Tao Te Ching. And um, read the last little section by him here on this. So here it is. Do you have the patience to wait till your mud settles and the water is clear? Can you remain unmoving till the right action arises by itself? The master doesn't seek fulfillment, not seeking, not expecting. She is present and can welcome all things. Yeah, that's what we're talking about there. You have the patience to wait till your mud settles. I just uh, really love that visual. And of course, that's just my judgment, right? Yeah. But I do love it because settling our turbidity, you have the patience to wait. Patience with anger. Yeah, that's something that Pema Chodron mentioned in that article as well. Having patience with our anger. And man, that can be tough. But that's where the real learning can arise. 
And as this points out, can you remain unmoving till the right action arises by itself? So not even the learning, but the action. The master doesn't seek fulfillment. Not seeking, not expecting, she is present and can welcome all things. So there I was yesterday, angry about my not being present when I was in that situation where I felt like I gave away my power and uh, how present was I at the point when I was angry about it? Probably not very. Not seeking and not expecting, she can welcome all things. Are you there yet? Sometimes I am. Sometimes I'm not. I suspect the same is true for you. So what if, what if you notice the moments when you are there today? As opposed to just noticing the moments when you're not. Maybe uh, when you notice those moments, just thank yourself for them. Well, I think that'll do it for today. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. Thanks for sitting with me. Take care now.